What is up, guys? Thanks so much for joining us here today. Today, we have an awesome, awesome couple that we had the chance to interview. We have Zach and Annie Oates. We initially heard about them when we listened to an episode of the Mormon Marriages podcast with Nate and Angela and Bagley. They're on episode three of their podcast. We heard them and we kind of fell in love with them and we knew we wanted to have them on our podcast as well. They've had some awesome experiences. Zach actually wrote a book because he he's kind of well known for going on a thousand dates. So he wrote a book called Dating Never Works dot 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 until it does a hundred lessons from a thousand dates. And it's an awesome book. And we dive into just like some of those things you need to know, like before you get married, dating tips, dating advice, getting married and kind of some things that might be take like holding you back from getting married and just understanding that marriage is so incredible and it is so much fun. And they are just a living embodiment of like making the most of every moment and having an awesome marriage and fun marriage. Yeah, we had a lot of fun recording this episode. Honestly, the whole time I was like, man, these people are so cool. There is so much we could learn from them. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. Honestly, my biggest takeaway from this episode was just the way that they're able to just have fun being married. I think a lot of people, a lot of us are concerned because we think that when we get married, we have to compromise all these things and it's not going to be as fun as when you're single and youthful and going on all these adventures. But Zach and Annie just make it work yeah. and they are able to just have fun. They have this excitement about life that's just contagious. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys enjoy. I definitely loved talking with them. I feel like I could I could chat with them for hours. They yeah. were just so fun. And so definitely recommend following them on Instagram totally. and getting to know them. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Yeah. And so if you guys want to find some more about them, like I said, check out Zach's book. We'll have a link for it in the description, but it's called Dating Never Works Until It Does. That book is incredible. Annie is also a fashion designer. So she has an Instagram page called Hey Annie Oath, which is super cool. Like she takes like a bunch of like old like dresses and things and like just revamp some. And it's actually so pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So check that out as well. Zach is an entrepreneur. He owns a company called Ovation. He has his own podcast. It's more about like restaurants and like getting feedback for restaurants. So if that applies to you, definitely check that out as well. But they are a super awesome couple. So we'll make sure you leave some links so you guys can learn more about them. But thanks guys. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. See ya. Welcome to the Marriage Prep Podcast. I'm Nathan Hooper. And I'm Allie Hooper. In this podcast, we will give you all the resources that you need to go from dating or engaged to creating a lasting marriage that will bring you more happiness than you ever thought possible. Here, we're going to interview experts and discuss important topics like how to know if your partner is right for you. We will provide you guys a list of questions and conversations that you need to be having to make sure you're both ready for marriage and on the same page. We will even dive deep into topics like sexual intimacy, finances, how to have a fair fight, and a whole lot more to make sure you can step up to that altar with complete confidence. So subscribe now and make sure you guys don't miss any episodes and we'll see you in there. What is up, guys? Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We are super, super excited because we have an amazing couple with us. We have Zach and Annie Oates. We initially discovered them when we listened to an episode of the, that Nate Angelin Badly did. They recorded them earlier on episode 13, but they also have their own podcast, More Marriages. They interviewed these couple and we were just in shock and we just loved them and we knew how awesome they'd be. So we wanted to get them on our podcast. So welcome, guys. We're excited to have you. Woohoo! Thank well, you. We're excited to be here and especially because we'll, we'll see how long this goes. Right now, both <laughs> kids are asleep. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the perfect yeah. window. Russian roulette. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So to kick things off, guys, we want to know about you. We want to know about your story, how you guys met, how you knew that getting married is the right decision for both of you. We know that obviously you guys both have a pretty colorful history with dating. So we want to kind of get into some of that stuff. Yeah. And why don't you, you want to tell them how, how we met? Yeah. 
So it was 2015. Zach and I were on the same trip in Moab. It was, I don't know, three, 400 single people showed up in Moab, rented out a campsite. And we were on a hike and we started chatting. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then two hours later we're kissed in her tent and two months later we're engaged oh that's, my gosh <laughs> that's such a story that's so cool so you guys were just like on a hike and you just like started chatting like didn't know each other before that that was the first time you'd ever met right it was the first time we'd met but what was weird was we had i think a hundred mutual friends mm-hmm. oh my i mean gosh. we had the same best friends but we'd never heard of each other mm. yeah we backtracking we were like at the same parties we we're on the same trips. It was like weird. We just live these parallel lives, but I feel really grateful that we didn't bump into each other until then. Cause <laughs> I certainly was not ready. And I think Annie was still kind of sowing her oats too. And then she became an oats. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so cool. So the timing was just right. Like it, you didn't somehow, for some reason you didn't meet and then you did. And it was just the right timing. Yep. Yep. That's, That's cool. awesome. So what was the process like? So after you guys kind of met, you connected, you had that one passionate make out moment in the tent. <laughs> what then led to like knowing, okay, this is this is this this is the one. Like this is how I want to get married. This is who I want to marry. Well, she got pregnant. Oh there was no choice yeah, involved. <laughs> no, we so honestly, for me, it was one of those things where I had I, it wasn't the way that I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Like I thought there would be just like these fireworks. And I thought it would be just a crazy whirlwind of emotions, but it was like, no, like she is really cool. And I really like hanging out with her and I really like who I am around her. And so honestly, every single day I prayed that I would fall in love with her. And huh. I was like, Heavenly Father, I'm planning on marrying her. So if something, if you don't want me to, like tell me because I'm I'm doing this. And that was kind of even before emotionally I was there, mentally I was there to get married. And so actually when well, and here I'll I'll tell the story of like how I proposed. But Annie, what was it like for you in the beginning? I felt like I had met a lot of Zachs when I had met them at the time. He was the party guy, he was really social, tons of fun. But I was like, oh, I've met these guys who are just bopping around Provo, not really doing anything, just no direction. But then I like met him and I was like, wow, he like actually has substance and like ambition and he's going places. And that was that was probably the biggest thing that was different was that like, I have the potential to be rich. No. <laughs> Sugar daddy. <laughs> you, I sure tricked you. That you had the best of those things, that you, you knew how to have fun and that you didn't take yourself too seriously but that you also did take yourself very seriously and were ambitious. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, I, um, when I proposed to her, it was one of those things where I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. And genuinely I was not ready to get married to her, but I was ready to propose. And I think that's one of like the big things I feel like as because you know, a lot of your listeners, some of them are engaged and some of them are dating seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess some of them want to be dating seriously. Right. Uh, but, but for those people that are dating seriously, the one thing that really, that really kind of solidified things for me was coming to the realization that engagement is not marriage. Like 
don't be, don't put so much pressure on the engagement side of things that you're like, you never get there. Hmm. Just as you start dating someone and then you progress to kind of a more serious dating, then you progress to like this exclusive dating. The next step is engagement, right? Right. It's, it's not marriage. And, and anyway, so I proposed, I bought the ring before we even said, I love you. Hmm. And or at least I went ring shopping before I said, I love you. Mm-hmm. And because I had already made up my mind that I was going to marry her unless like there was some huge red flag that came out or unless I felt something otherwise. And when I, when I finally proposed to her, it was in a, we had never even talked about marriage prior wow. to that. No, we'd never even said the word. No, <laughs> wow. I just like knelt down and pulled out a ring and she was like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that was our whole discussion on marriage. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> so granted, she was the third person I proposed to. So I, I had, <laughs> you had some practice. <laughs> Makes her feel a little less I'm so glad that I'm so glad that she was hopefully the last person I proposed to. As long as I play my cards right the next 50 years. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm so grateful that that it was her. Like I tell her that all the time. I'm just like, Annie, I am so glad it was you because like you talked about, uh, I've been on, I went on a lot of dates, right? I wrote a book about going on a thousand dates. And so when I think about all the people that it could have been, I'm just, I feel really grateful that quite frankly, we both rolled the dice and I certainly uh, struck gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I, I love that you, what two things I really love that you guys said is that one thing that you were praying to like, fall in love with her like you knew that you like like just jived with her so well that you were praying to fall in love with her and praying that it was like the right decision if it wasn't to like you know let me know because that's i think that's different than most people where they pray to like let me know if this is right but you're like let me know if this is wrong which i think is really powerful and i also love what you said annie about just that he was different from the other guys you met like other guys were you know they were funny guys they were party guys but zach was ambitious for you zach what was different about annie like with all the other ladies that you dated before, like what, what made her send out to you? Like what was different about her? I didn't feel like I ever had to choose between having the adventurous life that I've always imagined and always dreamed of and always needed to have and marriage. I was the dating guy. That was who I was. And so I had this single life and basically I called my single life, my girlfriend, because she was fun. I mean, like we went to parties every weekend. We went out hot tubs all the time. There was no one telling me what to do or where to go. No calendars I had to sync up with. If I wanted to go on vacation, I literally just like bought a ticket and went or got in a car and with some friends and left. And it was like, if I wanted to get married in my life, basically with my lifestyle and with the advice that everyone else was telling me, that I had to give that all up. I had to give up the fun and the adventure and and then like get my white picket fence and go settle down and get 2.3 kids and a lab and <laughs> and get my job making 85,000 a year and work my way up the corporate ladder and like honestly just saying all that gets me stressed out. Like I feel queasy just saying it because that's never something that I wanted to do and so marriage was so scary to me not just because I saw so many failed marriages of my friends and then marry, you know, the wrong person over and over and over again. But because I had a really good single life and we had a, I had a lot of fun being single. 
And when, when I met Annie, I was like, oh my gosh, she is way better than my single life because I get to do everything I want to do fun, but I get to do it with the best friend. And yeah. that's, that's really how I was writing my journal. And because this is really how I still feel. I was writing my journal last week and I was like, you know, I cannot believe that I'm five and a half years into marriage and I still genuinely just like hanging out with my wife because mm-hmm. I never had a girlfriend for more than a few months because either she got bored with me or I got bored with the relationship. And, and so being married this five years in and being like still so excited to hang out and excited to go on road trips and excited for our next vacation together. And it's a lot of fun. And sure, kids are kind of like, they're a wet blanket 90% of the time and they make up for it the other 10%. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, yeah. Anyway, but our relationship and, and the fact that I didn't feel like I had to give up my single life and uh, five years later, that's proven to be true. Yeah. I really, really like that. I think that there's a lot of people who have this fear that's very similar to your fear. It's fun to be single. It's fun to not have all these things tying you down. And people think that marriage is that scary thing that everything's going to change in your life but it doesn't have to. And I think that a lot of successful couples, once they get married, they live, they do a lot of the things they did while they were dating, right? Like in an unsuccessful Mm -hmm. couple or a couple who just gets to that, like that stage where you just feel like you're just roommates and you're not really passionate. They stop doing the fun things. And it sounds like you've really made an effort to continue having those adventures and learning more about each other and spending time together and prioritizing that. And I think that's why you feel that way. I don't think, I don't think that Like it's just, it just happens to be that way. I think you guys are making, it sounds like making an effort to continue having those adventures and you're on the same page about that. And that's why you're so happy. And I think that's possible for a lot of people. They just have to accept like marriage doesn't have to be that thing that ties you down and like ends your, ends the fun for the rest of your life. We, We both consider ourselves yes people and having jobs and kids definitely makes saying yes harder, but we still like to say yes. And the improv of improv golden rule of yes and yeah. so we try and we try and live by that. Awesome. Yeah, like I can say that in our five years of marriage, there's only been one real idea that Annie's ever shot down of mine, and that was he wanted to <laughs> live in an RV and not like not like travel around and like be RV people. He wanted to like move into an RV, and I stay in the RV with the kids, and he goes to work every day. Oh, and I'm like, gosh, I would have shot that down. Hey, hey, I was just, I was just brainstorming to be clear. <laughs> hey, here's a final thought out idea. I was just throwing it out there. You know, I'm fine with the RV and travel around and that's like what we're doing, but living yeah. in like 20 square feet with kids, no. like that's, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. She awesome. needs her four sewing machines. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't going to be room for That's those right. sewing machines without RV. And I want, so I want to ask both of you guys, like for those couples, those people out there who are just like, oh man, they just love their single life. They're just living it up. They're just the Zacks. They're just enjoying every moment of it. What advice would you tell them about marriage and about like, you know, hey, there's this other thing out here that, that might just even be better than what you have going on right now. What, what would you guys tell those people? What would you tell me? I would say marry somebody fun because my single life was a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun and so did Zach. And I felt like when we just kind of joined efforts, it wasn't like I had to stop being me or doing the things that I thought were fun and being spontaneous. It was, we were just, we just synced up. Yeah. Like do, do what, do what the best version of you would do 
Because one of the things that I was told in dating, and I, and I really love this advice, it's like, go to places and do things that make you happy and meet other people who are happy being there as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can just keep doing those things. Like I, I have so many friends who got married and they would go hiking and camping and they'd go on vacations and road trips while they were dating and they got married. And then one of the spouses was like, yeah. eh, I just want to stay home and like watch movies. I don't really like going out. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. but that's like what we do. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why I like you. And so I just feel like be, be authentic. Don't pretend to be something you're not. And, and when it comes to giving up that single life, two things I would say. One is it is you can find someone that is better than your single life. And the great thing about it is Andy and I got to go do all that same stuff I did single, except I just got to do it with someone that I made sure that I like every single time. And then we got to go home and and hang out and didn't have to say goodnight. And we got to laugh in bed with each other and just like tell stories late into the night. And it was just really cool. It was like a sleepover every night for the first two years of marriage until we had kids. And then it was like, can, can we get any sleep? Um, so Don't talk to me, I'm sleeping. And the other thing that I would say is when it comes to, when it comes to being worried about marrying one person and worrying about, oh shoot, is there someone else better out there? The thing that I would say is yes, there is somebody else who is better out there, but that doesn't matter. Because it's not about who's better for you right now. Because in the next 10 years, 20 years, 73 years, in the case of the queen and Prince Philip or whatever, <laughs> you, you change and they change. And so the goal isn't to stay married to someone. The goal is to change with someone so that you're always becoming something together and not something apart. And, and so it doesn't matter who's better out there for you today. It's about are you going to change with that person over the course of the lifetime together? And so don't, don't get so caught up on, Oh, I think there's someone better because sure, objectively there will be. And so I think those two things are really important to, to remember when you're looking for a spouse and when you're just like enjoying your single life a lot, it's that you don't need to sacrifice the best things about your single life and don't get so caught up in finding the one. Cause there are a lot of ones. Right. But also with that, I feel like we had really enjoyable single lives and we maybe didn't want to get married because we were having so much fun. But I feel like there's a lot of people that just think that marriage is what will make them happy and that that's all that they need. They just need to find someone to get married and then life will be perfect. But we have a good marriage because we were happy, fun people before we got married. And so I feel like that's a huge part. It's not, I don't rely on Zach for my happiness and he doesn't rely on me. Like we, we knew who we were before we got married and we were happy with ourselves. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the people who are like independently wealthy. I feel like we both came to the marriage independently happy mm-hmm. and right. it, it was the same flavor of happiness. So we just, we just are still having fun. You know, like our first year of marriage, it was awesome. We went on 24 trips to 13 countries. Our, our one year anniversary, we took a trip around the world. Like we just, we just did a lot of really fun stuff. A lot of people, like my friends that, uh, cause we moved to Dallas right after we got married, which by the way, 
highly recommend moving somewhere once you get married. Yeah. Um, yeah. But once once we move somewhere and uh, or my friends over here, here in Utah, they were asking me, they're like, Zach, do you actually have a job? Because literally every week you and your somewhere. wife are like on some kind of vacation. <laughs> That is so. Yeah. You guys are way cooler than us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's well, so I mean, fun. You know, it, it just has to do with the fact that, like, we both knew that that's what we wanted, and so our first year of marriage, we're like, let's just yeah, go for it. And we knew we wanted kids, and so we're like, we don't have kids now, so right. let's just just do it take all. Labor days and these weekend and these random holidays, and we'll just go. We'll just fit mm-hmm. in any all the time we can. And we just to be very clear. It wasn't the fact that we're like super rich and had all this money because we both came to the marriage pretty much broke. Mm -hmm. But it was the fact that we got everything so cheap. Like everything we did was so cheap. Our vacations were cheap. We had like... We had one car. Yeah, one car, used Ikea furniture. Like all of our money that we we weren't saving was spent on traveling because... Yeah, Mm -hmm. and, and fun stuff. Yeah. I really like that. I think this is going to be good for a lot of couples to hear because there are a lot of people out there who are really scared of marriage, who are just adventurous and fun and they don't want to lose that and you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I think I think what it comes down to is also like talking, like having a conversation with each other before you get married just to make sure like this is what I want, like are you okay with that, right? Like I I really don't want to give up traveling. I really don't want to give up these things. And it sounds like you guys were already just, you knew you were on the same page. I mean, you met at like this big trip in Moab, like that, that speaks volumes in and of itself that like you guys were going to be okay. You were going to have fun together. But I think, I think every person has their, their things. Hopefully people have developed themselves enough that they know what's important to them, whether it's traveling or whether it's just maintaining relationships with your family and like being a homebody, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got to find that person who's similar to you and that you you aren't going to lose yourself when you're married. And I don't think you have to. And I love that you guys are a really good example of that. So Yeah. Because one thing that we heard all the time, the the advice that I was given was, well, you got to stop having, you got to stop goofing around and and get married sometime and settle down. And then, oh, good thing you got it out of your system. I'm glad you went on that fun trip because it all ends once you get married. Oh, yeah, or the, it all ends once you have kids, or it all ends when this or when that, and like things change. But we're we just came back from a trip to Jamaica, right? And then like we rented a car and we we got driven around the island and we kind of did our own adventure and we're still doing stuff like that. And sure, it's not every other week or like like sure. it was our first marriage. And yeah, sure, we have when we take kids out with us, it's not quite as fun, but then it's way fun to like go on a little adventure after like last night, we went out to dinner with the kids to a nice restaurant and it was actually pretty miserable. But <laughs> afterwards we went and looked at chickens at the farm. IFA. Yeah. IFA. And, uh, and little it was just, chicks. yeah, it's just like a fun little adventure and to see how much fun that the kids had looking at the chickens. It's like, sure. The adventures change, but they're a different kind of fun. Yeah. Like going to the pool with Zach and I, it was, you know, it was like, here we are at the pool. Like, this let's is splash fun. each other. Yeah. But like, now we take our kids to the pool and they think it is Disneyland. And so there are definitely, like, our adventures are definitely like going to look at the chicks or going to the pool, but it's fun. It's, we're still having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm super excited for holidays with kids. I think like the holidays, pools, like there's things that are just fun as kids oh, yeah. and yeah. with kids. So that's super cool. There's like nothing to be afraid of, I think. If like, if there's anyone listening, I think who is, has those fears, like there's always a positive side. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And, and keep in mind, like you, 
I remind people all the time that life isn't a dinner menu, right? You're, you're not born into some two, three, four, five-star restaurant and you just have to pick between one of the six things on the menu. Like life is a kitchen. You get to make what you want. There's unlimited ingredients. You could go out and get the things. Like life is what you make of it. You don't have to do anything. Mm. The only thing that you have to do is just keep breathing, right? Mm. And so if you're going to keep breathing, might as well enjoy it. And that's something that for me was a huge revelation. And it was like, oh, I don't have to have that house in the burbs with the dog and the kids and like live just like that life that I'm so scared of getting trapped into that makes me feel like I'm suffocating. I can live an adventurous, fun life and whatever that means at that stage. And I think that one thing that you said that I really liked is just making sure that you communicate that with the person you're dating of, here's the kind of life I dream about. What about you? And Mm -hmm. it's not about choosing one or the other, but it's about making something that's better than either one of you could have alone. Wow. No, that's awesome. I, I'm going to have to like re-listen to this a lot of times because there's so many like nuggets you guys just dropped in Seriously. there. I especially want to highlight what, what Annie said about like that it goes both ways. It's like people have this expectation that once I get married, okay, all my problems are going to be solved or once I get married, I'm going to have, I can't live this exciting life anymore. But it is truly what you make of it. And I think that Zach and Annie are just like the living embodiment of it. Like you can make the most of it no matter what people say, no matter what expectations you might have had before it's up to you and you're like the chef of your own kitchen. So you get to cook what you want and make it how you want. So I really, really love that. I think that's awesome. And don't, if you are waiting, Annie and I waited to have sex until marriage. I know that you guys did as well. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those where it's, that was something that was kind of like stressing me out. Right. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey and I was my last friend to lose my virginity by like 10 years, you know, (laughs) (laughs) And so it was always one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh, this is like so frustrating. Like everyone else gets to have sex and I don't. Well, it's one of those things where I would just make sure that you're getting married for the right reasons. Yeah. And I've had friends, very close friends who got married and were kind of blinded to everything else because they were like so excited about the intimacy side of things. Right. That they overlooked a lot of other things that were quite frankly deal breakers if they just would have looked beyond totally. the set. I think that's crucial. Something I noticed that you guys, because I've kind of noticed this pattern with a lot of other couples, and I think you guys are as well, like a lot of times couples, like when they're engaged, they're separated. So like they have to talk over like the phone or on FaceTime. And those are the times when they really connect when it's like not as much about like the physical aspect. It's more about like connecting emotionally on a deeper level. Do you guys, what are you guys' thoughts about, about that? That's what we did. We had a, um, as soon as we got engaged, Zach moved to Dallas and I stayed in Salt Lake. And yeah, we were just on the phone all the time. I flew out there maybe once a month, but it was, I, I think it was good for us to like really like all we could do was talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. I had, I have a good friend where he, his, his fiance left for a couple of months right before they got married. And he called me up and he's like, dude, I realized I don't like talking to her. And I was like, okay, well, we need to put a pause on this wedding. Like <laughs> that, that's, a, that's like a little bit of a red flag right there. And so he ended up calling the wedding off. And it was one of those things where he was just so grateful that he had that opportunity to be a part. So that way they can see what's it like. Because even when you're young and full of vim and vigor and you can have sex a whole bunch every day. It's like, all right, well, but still there's a lot you got to talk about in between. So that is what constitutes 
99.9% of the rest of your life, it's not the intimacy. Right. 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 And it's easy to get caught up in that when you're dating, when you're in that stage Mm -hmm. of life, right? You're just so excited and you just think there's nothing that person could ever do wrong. But if you don't give yourself a space to have those like harder conversations, I think it's, yeah, it's a super, it's a super dangerous place that a lot of couples find themselves in who are um, abstaining before marriage. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a really risky game to play. So I think, I think distance is important. I think if you, if you do happen to be dating and you never do separate, like if you're always in the same town, I think it's important that you're able to have conversations and sit down and just be open and really think that through because that is that is something that you should definitely try to avoid. Yeah. It would be really hard to be married someone who married to someone who you just didn't enjoy talking to. <laughs> yeah. You know? Totally. So. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, the same goes if you're not waiting for marriage, you know, not waiting for intimacy because mm-hmm. you could move in with someone and then just kind of feel like, well, I guess we're here. You know, we might as well just kind of like get married, but it's still about enjoying each other's company and realizing that that's a, that's a, it's a big decision. Yeah. I think I'm a, I mean, quite frankly, I'm a little less hard nosed when it comes to divorce than other people. I do believe that there's a, there is a limit and that it's not like, Hey, let's just like through everything we could stay married. It's like, well, no, like there's, there's certain things where if I do, I would expect Annie to leave me. and especially if it was like consistent things and likewise with Annie to me. And I feel like a lot of people feel like marriage is the trap and like, there's no out. And while I am a big proponent in staying yeah, and working it out and yes, there's going to be problems that arise, but when things get abusive, when things get hard, it's like, I have so little tolerance uh, seeing my friends go through that stuff Mm -hmm. and feeling guilted into staying in the marriage. It's like, just, don't look at marriage as the trap. Look at it as, and don't look at marriage as your escape. Marriage is the next step and it's going to accentuate the things that you do really well and it's going to accentuate your weaknesses and likewise with your spouse. But it's, it's neither prison nor freedom. It, it is exactly what you are with that person. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think that's, that's, Super, super crucial. And I want to touch on that because I know you kind of brought up a couple friends that you've had that you've seen and going through divorces or different things like that. What were some things that you guys have done or did, excuse me, when you guys were dating, when you were engaged to help prepare for your marriage? Was there anything specific? And obviously we know you had the distance and you talked on the phone and that was probably a huge thing. But was there anything else you guys did to help make sure you had a strong marriage when you guys got married? Yes. So right when we got engaged, we actually went and saw a family therapist. And I think we met with her two or three times. And it was really nice to go talk with someone before we'd had one of those fights so that when we did get into one of those arguments that we had the tools that we could get through it and not, we, it didn't have to be this like ugly fight. Like we, we could see what was happening before, before things got really bad and we hurt each other. Yeah. So definitely I, I would recommend seeing a counselor as soon as you can, even like, like Annie said, even if you guys don't have a, you know, like a volatile relationship, but just to give yourself those communication tools. The other thing that I found has been extremely helpful for our marriage is as soon as we got engaged, we started doing companionship inventories every Sunday mm. where we go through and we say something I appreciate about you this week was, and then we ask, what can I do to improve? And then we go over the calendar that week of like what's going on and or what things do we want to plan out. 
And that, then once we got married, we started going over finances every week and just going over those. Oh, and talking about whatever goals we had and just having that conversation every single week. I think of it like a soda bottle. You're with each other and you shake things up during the week. You shake things up during the week. And every Sunday it's like a, but if you don't, if you don't open up that soda bottle for months and months and months, then all of a sudden it'll just like explode. And so that, that companionship inventory is something that has, I think, really, really helped us because mm-hmm. lest there's any confusion, you know, we don't have a perfect marriage. We bicker and we're both like strong-willed people who like certain things certain ways. And, you know, like... They both get really tired. And that's... Sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're humans. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So just want to be very clear about that. We don't have like a perfect marriage, but I feel like it's way better than I imagined it ever could have been. And, and I think it's because of that communication, learning early that setting the ground rules early with that counselor and then having those weekly touch bases of just like, just really checking in and making sure that there's something that week that, that bugged me that I didn't feel like bringing up in the moment. I know I've got a, I know I've got a space every week that we can talk about that in a safe environment. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like one thing we talk about a lot in this show is like not letting those little molehills become mountains, not letting the little things build up become big things and having that built in weekly opportunity. Like you said, with the soda bottle, it gives you an opportunity to kind of release just to make sure that everything's on good standing, that you kind of get rid of those problems before they can get bigger, you know? Yeah, it's like preventative. It's like like preventative medicine, for example. My mom's super big into that. Like eating healthy now so you don't end up with diabetes down the line or like yeah. doing the little things now, you know what I mean? Totally. So that So that down the line, like, well, nothing really ever needed to change that was that huge, right? And you were changing. I like what you said earlier about changing kind of together. Mm-hmm. So throughout your life, you're just having these conversations. Okay, how are we doing? And then just constantly like preventing anything from getting worse. Yeah. So that's super cool. That's awesome. Was there anything, I know obviously like when you're married, that companionship inventory is just like crucial. What what did that look like for you guys when you were just engaged? Like was there anything different that you did? Like how did that look when you were engaged or just dating before you got married? I mean, it was this, it was genuinely the same exact Mm -hmm. format. And it was one that I actually had started doing with my roommates years earlier with my roommates. It was a little bit more, I don't know, a little more kitschy, a little more fun. I, I called it uh, why you suck. And (laughs) we played every Sunday. We just sat around and I had a whole theme song and we'd bring everyone together and we'd all applause when people would say why someone sucked. And it was like, (laughs) It was like just a kind of a funnier way to vent and putting putting everyone at ease. And so seeing that, seeing how much better relationships were with my roommates when we just had that moment to not let things fester. And like mm. when Jason wouldn't put his stuff away or even even random stuff, like when Jason would use my stuff and not ask, or when Jason would fill up my entire cupboard with empty boxes of cereal. Uh, basically like give me a chance to talk to Jason every week and (laughs) (laughs) help Jason oh Jason (laughs) yeah but anyway like I'll I'll kind of decide it really was something that uh, kind of maintained that same format of let me share with you what I appreciate about you and then after we each share that then we each ask what can I do to improve yeah and we kind of started that format when we were engaged and yeah I don't think it's changed much Mm -mm. cool and you guys do that every week still, you'd say? Every Sunday night. Oh, that's every so Sunday. cool. I love that. 
I like how it sounds like with your roommates, there's a lot of humor involved. I think sometimes like we take ourselves a little too seriously. So I think it's important. Sometimes you have to be serious if it's like a really tough topic you're talking about. But sometimes like just, I don't know, I think taking like bringing humor into that a little bit Mm -hmm. makes it a little bit less intimidating too. So I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So now I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and I want to dive into, into your book, Zach, lessons that you learned from dating and why dating never works. And I want to dive into that and just kind of, is there anything else like, what's like the rear's eye version or the spark notes version of your book? It's just so we can learn more about that. Yeah. Well, the title dating never works until it does is kind of the whole clarion call that I'm trying to let people that are single know. It's like, look, it's not supposed to work. It never works. And then one day it does. And there's no science behind when it does or how it does. There's no secret code. There's no key. It just like, it does. And, and so I wrote a whole book basically saying, well, I'll give you the final chapter. The last chapter is, uh, let's see, what's the actual title of it? I think it's called, I'm opening right now. Let's see. If you only read one section, read this piece of advice. and. After I go through 99 pieces of advice about dating, my final piece of advice is don't take other people's advice about dating. And here's why. Because if you did all 99 things that I said in that book before I get to that last chapter, then they would be dating me, not you, right? So the concept isn't don't don't take everyone's advice, but listen to a lot of advice, be open, be humble, be willing to learn. but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, you need to do what the best version of you would do. Not what some dating advice, not what this PhD, not what whatever, but do what feels right for you. And as you do that, then you can have the confidence of knowing that you're being authentic. And then it's a lot easier to do really what getting engaged, what getting into a relationship, what getting married is all about, which is taking a risk on someone and being that person's risk. So as you learn to love yourself and as you learn to love someone else, you realize that, yes, it's a huge risk. Why? Because the more that you open yourself up to love, the deeper you can get hurt. And so it is risky. And sure, everyone's been burned. But at the end of the day, love is worth the risk. And guess what? You're worth the risk too you are worth the risk to be someone's hurt. And so be okay with that. Be confident in that. You are loved by someone who created you eons ago. You have this eternal soul. And that is a beautiful, beautiful soul. And one of the things that Max Ehrman in this beautiful poem called Desiderata, he says, be yourself, especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. And that is something that has just stuck with me for so long. And then at the end of this poem, he goes, And whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful, strive to be happy. And so, regardless of how hurt you've been in the past, Know that love, like Max Ehrman says, is as perennial as the grass. It will come back. It'll grow. It'll be green again. You know, if you feel like your heart is just like barren and hurt, know that it will come alive again. And that love will be there. And just keep that hope because yes, 
it hasn't worked and it hasn't worked and it hasn't worked. But as you keep going, somehow, some way, it will. And maybe it won't work out in just the way that you imagined, but there's a future, there's a, there's a bright future there. And that's something that that hope and that excitement about life is something that is my most important message that I want to share with people, especially people who are single. I love that. It's like this sense of like, we are resilient as human beings and it's, it's tough. I think it's tough to be like alone. It's tough to, to not feel like you have that person, but it will happen. And, and life is, is meant to be enjoyed. So I feel like that's, that's kind of like what I'm, what I'm gleaning from, from everything you guys have said today is like, life isn't meant to be sad. Life isn't meant to be gloomy. It's going to be okay. And it's just going to keep getting better. And there's nothing to be like, so worried about, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be okay. And life can be good and it is good. I really Mm -hmm. like that. Totally. And I love just that, you know, that advice of like, don't take everyone's advice, find what's going to fit you, find what's going to work the best for you. Pray, make sure you're in tune with God and just, you're going to find that thing and everything's going to work out. I think that's, that's super powerful. One thing, again, kind of switch gears again. I know this is going back a little bit to the beginning, but it's, as questions kind of popped in my mind like several times. So is there, has there been any guys, any techniques or any strategies or any hard and fast rules that either of you guys have had to know that like the person that you are dating or you are like talking to or whatever is like the person that you should marry? Is there any like rules or anything that you would tell people just like, hey, you know, anything like that that comes to mind? So one of the things that I did was I wrote down a list of all the people before I met Annie, I wrote down a list of all the people that I felt like I could have married. And then I wrote down the things that I was most attracted to about them. And even there were some people on that list that I wasn't even, I never even dated. I never even went on a first date with them, but I just like really liked them. But I just, you know, they were, you know, whatever. It just didn't, never worked out. And then I came up with my list of like, what am I looking for in someone? And I was looking for a beautiful, positive leader who put God first and was kind, right? Like that was my five, that was my list of five things I was looking for. Those are my five non-negotiables. If somebody wasn't a leader or wasn't positive or wasn't kind or wasn't beautiful, right? And again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I happen to marry someone who's smoking hot as well, but I mean, like, and so as I went through that list, it just kind of helped me to say yes or no, because I was very, I was just dating anyone and everyone. And so it helped me to kind of like narrow down. What am I really looking for? Very cool. And it sounds like, I mean, just from your guys' story, that's like, you had this list so dialed in that once you met Annie, it was like a no-brainer, let's get married. And you knew quickly and you guys got married and engaged quickly. So which I think that was really cool. It was like all this experience culminated into this moment when you knew and when you knew it was, boom, let's do this. So I, lo- I love that. Yeah. And, and there were things that were on my list before that as I matured, fell off my list, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted someone who knew how to, uh, someone who knew how to cook well, someone that spoke Russian, someone that could <laughs> sing, someone that was funny, someone that was very clean. And quite frankly, like when I was engaged to Annie, I thought that I I really didn't think that she was that funny when we were dating and engaged. (laughs) I think that she, I just like didn't really get her humor, but I was like, okay, but that's not on my list. Right. I didn't think that she was a very good cook because she had cooked a couple of times for me and it turned out like really bad. And then her room was a total disaster. And so I was like, but that's okay. I don't need to marry someone who can cook and is funny and, you know, is clean and speaks Russian, but 
And then we got married and she, I don't think that the story is like too appropriate to tell in this podcast, but how I found out she was funny. She is hilarious. And my first year of marriage, every single week, I at least would be crying once laughing because she was just like, made me laugh so hard. And her cooking is some of the best food I've ever had. And she is super clean. And so it was one of those things where it was just like, oh, I uh, got really lucky. Now, true, she doesn't speak much Russian, but... <laughs> Come on. Uh, the one aspect. Russian. <laughs> right? It's oh. like, anyway, so, but it was just kind of funny because it, it's like, if it, if it wasn't on my list, then I it couldn't, it didn't really factor into what I was doing because I realized that as I was dating, I was always looking for a new reason to break up with someone. Mm. And I just invented reasons. And so I finally came up with my list and was like, look, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> if it's not on the list, I can't, you know, like don't factor it in. And if it right. is super important, put it on the list. Totally. I remember feeling the same way about Nathan when we were dating. Like there were things that he, you know, he checked the basic boxes, but then as we, once we got married, you learn more about some of their best qualities. So there's like, there's always more to discover once you get married too, which yeah. is really fun. Like you didn't realize she was such a good cook or that she was so clean. Like there's always added bonuses that you don't, that you might not realize until after you're married. So there's things to look forward to, too. Yeah, I like that. that. What are your thoughts, yeah. Annie? So I was just looking for someone who was as fun as my single life. And I wouldn't really, I was 24 when we met. And so I wasn't, I didn't feel any pressure to get married anytime soon. And so I was just having fun and I was just packing in as much fun as I could. And then I met Zach and it was like, oh, okay, well, this could work you're right. And, um, <laughs> and so really that's, that's what it was. I wasn't necessarily looking or like on the hunt to get married. It was just always something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get married. You know, mm -hmm. if I find someone as fun as my life, you know, who can keep up because like my lifestyle and my independence really stressed a lot of, a, a lot of people that I had dated. And so it was nice that like Zach just kind of matched that. And it was, it was something that he appreciated and, and liked. It wasn't something that kind of stressed him out or yeah. chased him away. Yeah. One of my friends put it to me this way. They're like, you know, Zach, you know what you need? You don't need the wind beneath your wings. You need someone that's going to fly with you. And I think that when Annie and I met each other, it was just like, awesome, let's go. You know? <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. I liked what, just going off of what Annie said, I feel like we weren't necessarily looking, but to tie it back into, into your book, Zach, I, I feel like you weren't looking, but it came. And, and, I, I feel like people maybe get a little bit stressed about like, okay, I have to find this person and they have to be perfect, but you weren't necessarily looking and you, you were kind of just working on yourself and then it came and it was perfect and everything fell right into place or maybe it wasn't perfect. I shouldn't say perfect, but it was, things were good. Right. And, and so I think that's, that's important. That encouragement to, to anyone who's like, okay, I, that would be great, but that hasn't happened yet. I think you don't necessarily have to be actively looking for it. Just, just living your life and, and having fun. And then hopefully that person will come along. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Zach was saying earlier. Just do those things that you want your spouse to do. Be the, be in those places you want your spouse to be. And so I wasn't, you know, at home hanging out in my room by myself, wishing that I was dating. I was out there. I was doing stuff. I was, we found each other on an adventure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's so awesome. cool. Well, we are coming up on about 50 minutes now. So we want to wrap it up. But we want to give you guys, you know, the last opportunity. What last things haven't you said yet that you want to say to this world, these dating engagement couples? What advice do you have for them? Go ahead, Annie. 
I, don't, I think we've covered all of, my, all of my little tokens. Just remember that if you are a couple, that you're on the same team and you both want each other to succeed and you're not trying to hurt each other when, when something might come across as hurtful. It's we need to understand each other and that, that we're not purposely hurting each other and that we are on the same team. Yeah. And then for those people who are, you know, still dating, Thomas S. Monson said one time, choose your love and love your choice. And it took me a long time to really understand that. But truly, you do choose your love. You choose to give room to love. Not that you can fall in love with anyone, but that you can give yourself an opportunity to fall in love with anyone. And so you need to choose your love. And like I said in the beginning, I was very much mentally there before I was emotionally with Annie, but I chose her. And then every day you love your choice. And I feel it is so important that you realize that one of our adopted grandmas sat us down once we got engaged and we told her we're engaged and she goes, all right, well now you've made the right choice. No, you've made the choice. Now you need to make every day, making sure that was the right one. And I think there's a thousand ways that you can say that, but it's just about, like I said, changing with someone, making sure that, that you're growing in that love, praying every day that you guys can grow together in love, that those things are so important. And the adventure of marriage and life, it's, it is so exciting and it's thrilling. And so don't get so caught up in the, the stress of making a big decision that you don't make any decision because it is it's it's wonderful and i feel so grateful that i'm married and quite frankly though annie could have married any one of uh, hundreds of people and been just as happy because annie's a happy person and it's just about finding someone who is willing to who's your same flavor of happy Mm -hmm. i love that that's so cool thank you guys so much i've honestly learned so much and i can't wait to re-listen to this and Hopefully, I think that it'll be really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, this, so thank you so much. This was yeah, thanks for fire. Super awesome. Thank you, guys. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you so much. Thanks to Zach and Annie. All right. Thank you. <laughs>